0: Well, we're going we're gonna to finalize uh, our never-ending series around here that we've been in. And uh, show of hands, how many of you have gotten something out of this series? Somewhere along the year. Okay. <laughs> and uh, if you are a guest with us today, we've been in a year-long series in First and Second Peter. And then in October, we did this little jump-off series because Peter started to talk about the end times a little bit. So we did this little jump-off series called War Horses. And we studied the churches of Revelation and a few other things in there. We're going to end it today. As uh, we prepare for next weekend, every shot next weekend. Next Next week, I want to encourage you come back, be back next weekend because we start our Christmas series around here, our Advent season. And uh, I get, I always really get excited uh, during this month as we work really hard to just point all of our gaze towards Jesus and uh, really solidify why we do what we do. And we're going to be beginning a brand new series next weekend called the Invitation, and we're really going to just center around this thought: What is what is it that Christ is is inviting us into in this season? of our lives, of our faith, of our church, community, whatever it may be, and we're just gonna explore different invitations that we see God make within Scripture. Um, It's gonna be a lot of fun and I think encouraging and just get us all ready for uh, the Christmas season around here, but with all that being said, Revelation chapter two and Revelation chapter three we're gonna find ourselves today. I'm gonna read first from Revelation chapter two verses eight to 12, and it says this. It says, write to the angel of the church in Smyrna, Thus says the first and the last, the one who is dead and came back to life. So we have a really strong, once again, christological phase that's helping us understand and support what we read in Scripture, that Jesus was buried and was resurrected again, that he was dead and he came back to life and he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of his Father. He says, I know your affliction and poverty, but you are rich. I know the slander of those who who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison and test you, and you will experience affliction for 10 days. How many of you would say, this is a really encouraging letter? (laughs) We all want this letter. This is what he says. He says, be faithful to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. Revelation chapter three, verses seven to 14. This is right to the angel of the church of Philadelphia. It says, Thus says the holy one, the true one, the one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will close, and who closes and no one opens. He says, I know your works. Look, I've placed before you an open door that no one can close because you have but little power. Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Note this, I will make those from the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews and are not but are lying, I will make them come and bow down at your feet and they will know that I have loved you because you have kept my command too. and here's the word I want us to see, endure. Everybody shout endure. Endure. I will also keep you from the hour of testing that is going to come on the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. Today, as we conclude this overarching series that we've been in and this mini-series that we've been in, I want to speak to you from the subject of risen Savior and the report card of a church. As we look at our final two churches, Smyrna and Philadelphia, and more specifically, I want to look at this issue today. I want to look at the issue of, of perseverance and endurance. Perseverance and endurance. Will you pray with me just one more time today? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive, it's active, it's powerful, and has the ability to to transform us from the inside out. And so God, we come to your word today with faith, with expectation, and I ask that you would speak to us today, that we'd hear your voice today, God, that it would shake who we are in our minds and in our hearts and in our souls, and that we would leave this place better than we came in, God. We need your word so desperately, and I pray today, God, that your word would encourage those of us who need encouragement to keep on persevering to endure this life of faith, God. For those of us who are facing trials and issues and frustrations and and the things that life and the enemy throws at us, God, I pray for a spirit of endurance and perseverance in their lives. And God, I thank you that we're going to leave here today with greater strength than we came in with. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody shouted. Um, show of hands, how many of you love to run marathons? <laughs> That's why you're the third service. And so, I'm just kidding. You know, no one in our church loves to run marathons. There was like a collective total of 15 people today. Um, okay, so. I don't like to run marathons either. Mainly my reasoning behind it is I feel it pointless to run that many miles. Um, I basically find it pointless to run. Uh, I like other forms of exercise, but, but not, not marathoning. It's, it's lost to me. I have a friend who just got back from Germany a couple months ago, and uh, it's, he's been a, doing a successive journey of different marathons in different countries. Pretty, pretty amazing, and he, he loves it. But um, how many of you agree with me that people who run marathons, they need great endurance? Have you ever watched any of those documentaries where they, um, or those people that run like 150 miles? Like just like the crazy runners. They run across deserts and, and ice and, and they walk on water and like all those things, like they're, they're crazy. I was watching a show the other day that just came out with Chris Hemsworth called Limitless. I don't know how many of you guys have seen this on Disney. And uh, he's putting himself to the test physically in all these like different situations. And one of the themes that comes up is endurance or the ability to persevere, to train yourself to endure. And so I was fascinated, I was watching it with my boy the other day, and he, he was fascinated by it as well. Um, and so I was thinking back as I was watching the show and thinking about some of these things, I thought back to my time when I swam in high school, and I've, I've talked about this before, but um, I was a pretty good swimmer in high school, um, went to districts and state and I probably could have went collegiate if I wouldn't have given up in my senior year to play guitar and act like Kurt Cobain, and so um, it, was a whole, it was a whole thing. Um, but I'll never forget my junior year went to training that day, and coach pulled a bunch of us aside who had a very specific stroke that we worked on, and that was the butterfly stroke. And some of you have seen it. It's that like half dolphin half butterfly thing that that people do. It's, it's pretty difficult. And uh, he said today, those of you who do the butterfly stroke, we're gonna we're gonna work specifically on this stroke. So he pulled us over to two separate lanes by ourselves, and everybody else went on with the practice. and and every, everything that he had for us that day was specifically centered around the butterfly stroke. And this is what he said to us before getting the water. He said, "This is my goal today. My goal today is to treat or to teach you how to endure. Everything that we're going to do today is not to perfect your stroke. It's not even to make you a better swimmer. Everything that we're going to do today is about you learning to endure, because your stroke is difficult, and it takes a lot. And so I'd been now swimming for a couple years and was relatively proficient at it, and so I remember my, my demeanor in the water that day was frustrated because I was getting so tired that everything that I knew how to do was breaking down. Come on, anybody with me? Like I knew how to swim, I knew how to swim and I knew how to swim fast. And if you would've put me in a race, I could've definitely, I could've took off and I could've beat some people, but that day, he kept on pushing on us. One more, one more lap. One more exercise, one more lap, one more exercise. And as I'm going and as I'm doing this, the the stroke that I had down, the proficiency that I once had started to break down and I started to get really frustrated because I started to realize that when I got tired, my proficiency started to wane. And I remember my coach in my head, I'm teaching you to endure and I'm teaching you to endure. So I got frustrated, I got fed up. And I'll remember, I never forget, I found myself, I hit the water after one of my, after I got down to the end of the bulkhead, the end of the lane, I just slapped the water. I was so frustrated at myself. So he's, Jason, get out of the water. I was like, okay, wandered out of the water in my Speedo and just standing there. I feel like that's an important piece of information, by the way. <laughs> so I'm standing on the side of the pool and I'm, I'm fuming, I'm frustrated, I'm mad at myself. And Coach, sit down. So I sat down with him. He's like, what's your deal? I'm like, I'm so frustrated at this. Like, everything's breaking down. I'm better than this, I know this. He's like, listen, bud, this is what happens when you're pushing yourself and pushing. pushing. Things are gonna start to break down. This is why we're working on endurance. And what you need to learn how to do is the more that you swim and the more that you do this, you have to learn how to work your body in such a way that in different points of the race, you can utilize tools that you have so that you can keep on enduring. And I thought that was a really interesting point. So he started to talk about one of my strong suits was my legs. And so because I had larger legs, not a larger upper body, I had the power to kick really, really hard. But here's the problem, when I'm just using my legs all the time, by the time I get to the end of the race, my my legs are gone and I've got nothing left in me. So he's teaching me how to endure, and so he said, we're going we're to figure out how to use this tool, your legs, and then your core in a different lap, and then your arms in a different lap, and, and you're going to watch. Your ability to endure by utilizing these tools that you have is going to become greatly increased. I thought it was a fascinating conversation, I was thinking about it the other day because some of us might, might, might not be aware of this, but the Bible is very clear that you and I have tools in order to endure. And if we've been called by God to keep on going, to endure, to, per- to persevere, we've gotta understand what some of those are. So let's talk about Smyrna and Philadelphia really quick. Why, why are we dealing with them? Well, the, the commendation that was given to Smyrna and, and Philadelphia Jesus was proud of them because they endured. They endured hardship, they endured persecution, they endured political upheaval. The Bible uh, history would tell us that they endured earthquakes and natural disasters. And in the midst of all the things that could have caused them to go, poverty and, and frustration and illness, all of these different things, the Bible tells us that they endured. They kept on going. Now I want to show you some pictures because there's this weird juxtaposition but with these cities. You think about endurance and you think it'd be hard. I don't see this hard to endure. I mean you would think, like if I'm right there on the, this is Smyrna, like that's not too rough, all right? Look at this. And I think that's the, think that's the picture that we need to get, is how many of you know things can be beautiful all around you, your bank account could be full, the job could be going great, the relationships are awesome, you're healthy, but there's still that thing that's nagging at you and causing you to be confused and causing you to be downtrodden, to cause you to be, you know what I'm talking about. Because the truth is this, is that Smyrna's battle and Philadelphia's battle was not just what was happening in their city with political upheaval and financial ruin and all these different things. The battle was something deeper and more prolific and something that we don't talk about that often in our western churches anymore, and that is the issue of spiritual battle. That there's actually a battle that we are engaged in. There's a whole other part to our life right now, and that is the spiritual side of our life. Come on, anybody with me this morning? But a lot of us don't think, because we think if I have this, and if I have this, and if this is in place, and I'm secure in my natural world, then I won't have anything going on within me. But how many of you know that that's just simply not true? Everything can be in order naturally, but there's still a supernatural battle that's taking place in our lives. And so the call to endure, it's not just a call to endure hard moments in life. Because we're going to have them. I know, positive and encouraging K-love moment. We're going to have situations that are frustrating. We're going we're to have, have days when we wake up where, where, where it's not going to go our way. We're going to have days where the boss comes in and says, guess what, we're laying 10,000 people off. Too soon? We're going to have days where gas is... <laughs> we're going to have days where the system looks crazy. We're gonna have days where relationships are frustrated. We're gonna have days where we are in pain. We're gonna have, have days. Yeah. So it's not just endure through that stuff because those are minimal at the end of the day in comparison to the battle that's happening supernaturally in our lives. And here's what I wanna to say to those of us sitting in the room today. I know for some of us that's a hard reality because we think that everything is natural. Scripturally speaking, we must understand that our life has a supernatural dynamic to it. Yeah. We need a, a few more amens than that, okay? <laughs> uh, just so y'all know, the entire faith that we have is predicated on a man dying and getting back up out of the grave. That's supernatural. Y- y'all with me? And so our, our, our life of faith is, 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 is spiritual in its dynamic. So Smyrna and Philadelphia were the... In, the enduring church, the persevering church, when everything was against them. And so, really, my my mission's simple today. My assignment is, is simple today. I want to encourage you as much as I can. I just want to I want to put strength in you. This is not a crazy deep message. This is not going to feel like the rest of the messages that we've looked at in Revelation because my goal at the end of this, the conclusion of this series, honestly is to send you out of here ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. If you came in here downtrodden and weary, can I just tell you today, that my prayer, and my hope is that you would leave here with energy and encouragement. And just so we know, like, if it, like, please, like this is not a self-help message, this is a spiritual battle message. Okay? But it may feel like a little bit like, wow, he's like my coach today. Yes I am, let's go for it, we can do this. That's, that's what I hope the tenor and the tone of it, as we head into this holiday season, as we come to the conclusion of all this, I pray that you and I would walk out of here today and realize that my, my life is so much more than what's naturally happening around me. That you can face the things in life that is going on, why? Because you have a savior in heaven who loves you, who gave you the power and the ability to be an overcomer. But we gotta make, we gotta, we gotta make some acknowledgements. And the first acknowledgement that we have to make is we have to acknowledge that it's a spiritual battle that we have in our lives. Right. Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 to 20, Paul's gonna write to the church at Ephesus a very strong discourse about this spiritual battle that we're in. And he's gonna help us understand that there's a lot more going on in life than what we realize sometimes. And this is what he says, he says, finally, be strong, in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Every shout, devil? devil. Every shout, devil? devil? Y'all remember Bobby Boucher? <laughs> the devil. And he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of all that, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints and then paul is going to throw in a little personal thing that's going on in his life and he's going to say and also for me that that the words that words may be given to me in in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. So he's saying, I know that I'm in a spiritual battle, so I need you to pray for me, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. What a beautiful piece of scripture. For those of you who maybe have a little bit of a faith background, you've been in Sunday school before, y'all can remember the flannel graph, those little things that just on the flannel board and that's what I want us to go around today. We're going to look at what it means to endure, what it means to stand. I don't have any flannel graph today, but we're going to, we're going to preach through it anyway. So Paul establishes for us four important truths concerning endurance in the midst of spiritual battle, and that's what I want to spend the, reminder, the remainder of our time focusing on today. So need your help? Come on. Have shot number one. Have a number one. Here's the first thing Paul says. He says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. In the Lord. Say one more time. Be strong in what? Be strong in what? Be strong in what? Lord. I'm getting you to say it because so often we are being strong in ourselves. See, Paul challenges and encourages us to be strong in the Lord and in his might. The Greek word employed here brings greater weight to the word and to the word might, and it literally means this, the power that overcomes resistance. So we are to be strong, the Bible is teaching us, we are to be strong in the the power that overcomes resistance that is only found in Christ Jesus. I just wanna encourage us with this today, there is only so much you and I can do naturally speaking. Okay, therapy session. How many of you have ever been just fighting so hard? Like, it's just been one of those months, it's been one of those six months, it's been one of those years, come on, it's been one of those centuries, right? Where, like you get to the end of it and you're like, I'm out, I'm spent, I got nothing left, has anybody ever been there before? We're like, there's, there's nothing more, more in me, there's nothing, not. and here's the problem is that we get to the end of ourselves before we cry out to God, when really it should start at the beginning. And realizing that you and I don't have the might and the power, my power, my ability, my might rests in the power that is only found in Jesus. It's the power that overcomes resistance, and we're going to face resistance. Paul's trying to help us understand that there's going to be resistance in life and faith. It's a resistance that goes beyond the natural, it's a spiritual resistance. This is why he would, Paul would encourage in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And this is, just so we know, this is not like a verse telling us that like, we can go win a championship tomorrow. I know it's been used that way. That's not what he's saying. It's, he, he's talking about that we can have a, con, a continual strength in us and I can do all the things. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I can, I can do hard things today. This, this is actually, the, the application of this verse is not that you win a championship, it's that you cross over the line and ask for forgiveness. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's that we extend grace. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can lift my hands during worship even though I don't want to. I can do all things through Christ who, who strengthens me. man. I, I can keep on going, although the report said that it's terminal. I can do all things through Christ who, who strengthens me. Y'all see what I'm talking about? Like I, I can keep on believing for great things even though the bank account's getting low. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens strengthens me. This is not a verse to help us believe that we can do anything that we want to, right? Right? But that's what we've, in our Western society, that's what we've transformed it into. Everybody gets a trophy. (laughs) That's not what this verse is. It's the application of the gospel in our lives where we've been called to forgive and to extend grace and to keep on moving forward and to to worship in the midst of pain and to be on the boat with Jesus in the middle of the wind in the middle of the waves. Come on somebody, I have have the power, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's important because there's gonna be times where we're gonna be sick, we're gonna be embittered, we're gonna be frustrated. We're going to be looking at situations that, how did we get here? Am I talking to anybody in church today? So if we're not careful, we can miss the forcefulness of this piece of Scripture. It's not a one-time strengthening, it's an ongoing strengthening. Better said like this, we can continue to find our strength in the Lord. And so when you're, man, looking for some strength, I find it in the Lord. I find strength. Everything that I need in Jesus. And I know for some of us it's hard to process right now because it's not a physical attribute for us. It's an indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us that gives us the ability to rise up when I, when I feel like I'm done, I'm tapped out. I can't, I can't go again. I can't, I can't go around this tree again, this mountain again, this thing again. Y'all see what I'm talking about? I can't have this conversation again. I can't face this addiction again. I can't be away from my family again. Mm. It's the strength that keeps me going. Second thing that Paul says, every shot number number two. Second thing Paul says is he says, I want you to put on the whole armor of God. Now, I'm not gonna go through all of the armor, that's for, a different, that's for a different message in a totally different series, but I would encourage you to go study it because it's fascinating, it's a blast to study. But what I wanna, I wanna focus in I don't wanna zone on, he says, put on the whole armor of God. Here's the emphasis. The emphasis is upon you and I putting it on. The emphasis is you actually taking the diligence and remembering today I've gotta put this thing on. Y'all see what I'm talking about? Thank the Lord all of us put our pants on today when we came to church. Can I get an amen, right? We didn't forget it. Why? Because it's essential to us. You're like, I'm not leaving the house without this. There's certain things that I have to have, I wash my hands, I wash my hands frequently and when I do, I always take off my rings because it just bleh, like I can't. So i got to take all my rings off, wash my hands dry off, and then I put them back on. And there's been times where I've forgotten my ring at home, in my, in my, like right next to my sink in my bathroom. And I've literally been late to meetings so I can turn around and put this thing on. Why? Because I feel naked without it. I've been wearing it long enough to know that I feel different when it's no longer on me. And there's some things that we've got to keep on wearing, and we've got to get so used to wearing them that when I don't have it on, I feel like something's off. And so when my armor comes up, I got to realize wait a second, I got to put my helmet back on, I got to put my shield back on, I got to put the breastplate of righteousness back on. Why? Because I'm missing some stuff today. But a lot of us forget But today I'm not going to put my belt of truth on, so I'm going to accept some lies into my life. I'm not going to put my breastplate of righteousness on, so I'm going to live out in shame. I'm going to forget my helmet of salvation, and so then I'm going to work and strive to earn something that I already have in Jesus that he freely gave, My, my sword. Come on, somebody. Can I just encourage you, don't leave home without it. That's good. That's good. So here's just a few really quick things. Our responsibility in putting on the armor of God looks like this. It's a daily decision. It takes discipline to put it on. It takes intentionality. And it takes resolve. Why does it take resolve? Well, because when you go out with battle gear on, it means that you're acknowledging the fact that we are in a battle. So it takes some resolve. Y'all, y'all see what I'm talking about? So our responsibility is to put on the armor of God. Number three, everybody shout number three. Here's the third thing that Paul says to us. He says, so you can stand against the schemes of the devil. so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. There's a teaching, it's not a new teaching, but it's, in our age of deconstruction, it's garnering a lot of influence once again as we try to shape shift the scriptures. And the teaching is along the lines of that the devil is just a made-up figure. He doesn't doesn't really exist. The problem is, as we've just read multiple times, the devil is a very real application of our faith. And I know for some of us, we struggle with that. But here's what we need to understand, the reason that we've got to be very, very clear about it. I believe in a very real God. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Triune God. But I also believe in a very real enemy. The only difference is, is that he's got no strength in my life because the enemy's been defeated by the God that I adore, okay? But nonetheless, he's like a little skeeter. Come on, how many of you know? And And so, like a team that's already lost, when a team knows they can't win, they just try to, dis- they just try to distract. Y'all see what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like the team on the football field that, like, they know that they've lost, right? Like the, like, like the Dallas Cowboys, they know that they've lost. And- that was funny. <laughs> so it's the football team that knows that they lost and they know there's no way I can come back from this. I've been defeated. So what, what, is the, what do they try to do? They don't just bow out. So what do they do? They try to make the rest of the game punishing for the other team. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They're, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wear your players out, somebody might get injured, yeah. we're just, we're just going to make it difficult. We're going to wear you down. And that's the, that's the ploy of the enemy in our lives. When we become a follower of Jesus, the enemy has been defeated in our lives so that we know, man, we've got eternity. We, we are secure in Christ, but He's got a sneaky little plan where He wants to undermine things and He wants to frustrate things and He wants to knock you off kilter and He wants to wear you down. The Bible says explicitly that He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But we have to remember that we have a God in heaven who gave His one and only Son so that we might have life and life to the fullest. So we stand against the schemes of the enemy, this is a very real truth, it's spiritual battle. And the enemy uses methods to bring about pain and hurt and frustration and division and discord and confusion, fear and insecurity to our lives and the world around us. In 1942, writer C.S. Lewis would publish his famed book, The Screwtape Letters, a book comprised of a series of letters written by an experienced tempter, they would be called, named Screwtape to his nephew and apprentice tempter, Wormwood, demonic forces in this book. He says, in his letters, Screwtape works to help Wormwood develop the necessary skills and methods for pulling a certain human, as they would call, as C.S. Lewis would write, a patient, away from God. In one such letter, he writes something that in reading it shook me to the core. Screwtape goes on to describe the tactics to be employed in pulling people away from God. Listen to this C.S. Lewis writes this in 1942. My dear Wormwood. Be sure that the patient remains completely fixed on politics. Arguments, political gossip, and obsessing on the faults of people they have never met serves as an excellent distraction from advancing in personal virtue, character, and the things the patient can control. Make sure to keep the patient in a constant state of angst frustration, and general disdain towards the rest of the human race in order to avoid any kind of charity or inner peace from further developing. Ensure that the patient continues to believe that the problem is out there in the broken system rather than recognizing there is a problem within himself. Keep up the good work, Uncle Screwtape. I submit this to us today, church, because we must realize that there is an enemy that is after who we are in faith. Now, let me be clear. He cannot steal what the Lord has given. Come on, somebody. Hey, listen, if you need to praise Jesus right now, put your hands together for him. Come on. He cannot steal what Christ has done. But, man, he can make this life complicated. And so what do we do? We put on our armor. We realize that we're in a spiritual battle. We pray like crazy. We, have, we, we give ourselves to worship. We get in a community of faith so others can, you all see what I'm talking about? Yeah. This is important. So he says, stand against the schemes of the enemy. Now, I was reminded by Pastor Howie's amazing wife after the second service that in James four seventeen. that... He reminds us, not only can we stand against the schemes of the enemy, but when we do, the devil flees. Yeah, yeah. That's what James says. Come on, somebody, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, I love it. Like, I'm going to stand and the devil's going to flee. Come on. Yeah. That's the idea. So a lot of us like are afraid of the big, big boogeyman, the devil. And it's like, no, when you stand against the schemes of the enemy, he actually flees. Yeah. That's what this whole thing is about, is that you can stand, you can endure, you can... Persevere. Come on, is anybody with me in church today? Yeah. Last one is this, number four. Have we shot number four? four. Here is the fourth thing that I want us to grab a, a hold of today. Paul says, stand therefore. Now, I know that sounds like, okay, great. But as you study scriptures, we just work through it verse by verse like that. What he's saying is, stand therefore. This statement is predicated on everything that he's just said to us. Does that make sense? So he's saying, listen, after everything that I've told you, I've told you that you have a might and you have a strength that is in Christ Jesus. I've told you that you have armor that you can put on to stand against the schemes of the enemy. I've told you that you can stand against the schemes of the enemy. And so therefore, may I remind you to stand therefore. Because of everything that I just told you, I I just wanna remind you one more time, stand. Keep standing. Don't give up in standing. You just look forward and you keep on standing. Don't be moved, don't don't shift, don't go to the right, don't go to the left. Don't pivot, don't go backward. Just keep on standing. You have everything you need to endure. You have everything that you need to persevere. You have everything that you need to keep on going. You have everything you need when things are coming against you. You have everything you need to keep on going. Stand therefore. I want to invite Pastor Seth up here really quick. Here's the problem that many of us face though. We're not standing therefore, we're standing whatever. We didn't wake up today and believe that there's a real enemy after us. So we're just standing whatever. Whatever. I wanna I wanna put this way, imagine Pastor Seth, he's just looking at the sky, beautiful clouds. <laughs> because he's standing whatever, he forgot his belt at home and left his helmet <laughs> left his helmet on the bedside. He's just standing whatever. He's not he's not aware of the things that are going on. And so what happens is the enemy is very aware of this. Oh, I've got, got a whatever stander. <laughs> it's such a, just whatever stander. This is great English, guys. And so the enemy comes and shoves. Now remember, he can't steal what has been given to Seth from Jesus, but he can, he can push him around. Why, because he's standing whatever. He's not really, he's not really prepared. And he can even look at me and know that's coming, but if he's just standing like this, I mean, how many of you know like, I can, I can do this all day. <laughs> but to stand therefore, there's a change in position. <laughs> there's, a, there's a change in posture. There's not much that shifted. It's just him acknowledging, wait a second, I have a might that is in Christ. I have, I have, a, I have a battle suit, some armor, right? I, can, I have the ability, I know that I can stand against the schemes of the enemy, and so therefore, Paul says, stand therefore. Not whatever, therefore. Because now, the, he's ready. He, and so when it when it's standing whatever, I can come and lightly push him, but when he's standing therefore, I have to but but like James says, when when I stand against the schemes of the enemy, he's like, man, this is ridiculous. This I can't I can't do this. Why? Cause I was standing therefore. Some of us gotta get some might in us, some perseverance in us, some endurance in us. Why? Because we've been called to stand therefore. But it's just it's a small shift. I just now we're now we're standing there for, and some of us just re- need to remember this posture. Yeah. we just got to get up and okay today. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand there for. But you but you don't you don't know what was just said to me. Stand there for. But you weren't in that doctor's office the other day. Stand. Therefore, you don't know what she said or he said when they left. Stand. Therefore, but you don't get. I have nothing. Stand. Therefore, I I gotta. I gotta go back to sober living. Stand. Therefore person in my past that came up, stand, therefore, we've been trying to get pregnant for so long, stand, therefore, Jason, I desire a relationship so bad, stand, therefore, y'all see what I'm talking about? God is not amiss on your and my real life. He's just saying, stand there for it. Put the weight on the front foot. <laughs> Put your battle armor on. Get prayed up. Get fired up. Stay there for it. Thanks, bud. Like I told you, i been trying to think. Like, how do you? Sorry if I'm just kind of candid today. How do you close a series like this? I had lots of grand ideas, right? With different ways to shoestring it all together. Then I realized that many of us haven't even heard the entirety of this series because it started in January. <laughs> and I really did, I just, just felt encouraged in my spirit to encourage you today. To add courage to you. And I'll tell you, it's hard. Because I get discouraged. (gasps) (laughs) Contrary to popular opinion, pastors are not superhuman. You've been following Jesus for a long time. Yep, still, I doubt. Lack of faith rises at times. Come on, can we be real in church today? Because it doesn't help us if I stand up here and be like, yo, church, listen, I want to teach you something I do all the time. It's not true. I've been knocked over. I got distracted over here and wasn't standing there for us, standing whatever. But if I can do anything for us today, it's encouraging us to keep on going. Just keep on going. Just keep on going. Just keep on going. Keep on going. Don't give up. Well, where's that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Galatians 6, 9. This is one of the most encouraging and frustrating verses in all of Scripture. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap, if what? If what? Come on, say it loud, if what? Well, what's due season? I have no idea. It's due season. Well, when's due season due? When it's due. I don't make up the rules. I don't make up the seasons. I just know that, that that God's Word encourages me to not grow weary in doing good. Because in due season, the season that He knows, the season that He authored, the season that He ordained, in that season, I will reap if I want. Just keep going. Do not give up. Endure, 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 persevere. Just keep going. One more, that's not convincing enough. First Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in your Lord, your labor is not in vain. So, as we close, I probably could have just at the beginning of this message saved us a lot of time. Not said anything else but this. Church, don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up. Let it settle. So I know for some of us you're like, well, this is a really simple message, but for others of us is hitting deep right now. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. In due season. And I wonder how many due seasons have been missed because we gave up an inch before the due season. Don't give up. Brad, don't give up. Dee, don't give up. Tabby, don't give up. Pastor Howie, don't give up. Gavin, don't give up. Cami, don't give up. Seth, don't give up. Bree, don't give up. Steven can't hear me. Don't give up. (laughs) Maggie, don't give up. Dave, don't give up. Dave Elson. Laboring in this city for many years now. Don't give up. The soil is ripe, the harvest is ready. Don't give up. Don't give up at the hospital. Come on, teachers, don't give up. Dads, don't give up. Moms, don't give up. Uchenna, Mm -hmm. don't give up, bro. You're like on your 32nd year of school, don't give up. (laughs) And that's a positive thing, it's because he's brilliant, not because of anything else is earning some dumb degree that has not I don't even know what it is. It just takes thirty-two years. Don't don't give up. You're facing addiction, don't give up. You're struggling with who you are, don't give up. You may be sitting here, it's like you can just name a bunch of things. Yep. But sometimes it needs to be said for you to not give up. If you're fearful, don't give up. If your marriage is on the rocks, don't give up. If you're frustrated because of your singleness, don't give up. If you're frustrated because whatever, you fill in the blank right now. What is it that, it's like, what is it that's got you? It's like, I just, I'm half an inch away. Don't give up. In due season, you will reap a harvest. In Jesus' mighty name and the church shouted, amen. I want to invite you to stand to your feet right now. Bow your head, close your eyes. I want to pray over you as we leave today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. I want to pray a very specific prayer and that's what we call around here the prayer of salvation. There's nothing fancy in these words rather these words that we say are just really an acknowledgement of this truth that I wanna follow Jesus. And so maybe today you're in this place and you you haven't said yes to Jesus, you haven't acknowledged your need of him. And maybe today you've been sitting in here like, man, I need this Jesus, I need to give my life to him, I need to follow him, I need to submit to him. I wanna encourage you to make this your prayer today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around right now, I going to ask everybody just to repeat these words after me and especially those of us today who would say, man, I need Jesus in my life. I wanna follow him. Come on, as loud as we can, everybody say, Jesus. I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you my past. I'm giving you my right now. I'm putting my future in your hands. Save me, change me, make me new. And I declare in this moment that I'm gonna follow you all the days of my life Today, I'm turning from my way, and I'm following your way. Thank you for the gift of salvation that is found in you. In Jesus' mighty name.